0: 1. Welcome to the Small Business Commission meeting on April 24th, 2023. The meeting is being called to order at 4:30 p.m. This meeting is being held in person in City Hall Room 400 and broadcast live on SFGov TV and available to view online or listen to by calling 415-655-0001. The Small Business Commission thanks Media Services and SFGovTV for televising the meeting which can be viewed on SFGovTV2 or live streamed at SFGovTV.org. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. There will be an opportunity for general public comment at the end of the meeting and there's an opportunity to comment on each discussion or action item on the agenda. For each item the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person then from people attending the meeting remotely members of the public who are calling in the number is 415-655-0001 access code 24855929788 followed by password 7221 Press pound, then pound again to be added to the line. When connected, you will be in muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, dial star three to be added to the speaker line. If you dial star three before public comment is called, you'll be added to the queue. When it's your time to speak, you'll be prompted to do so. Public comment during the meeting is limited to three minutes per speaker. An alarm will sound once time has finished. Speakers are requested but not required to state their names. TV, please show the Office of Small Business slide.
1: Today we will begin with a reminder that the Small Business Commission is the official public forum to voice your opinions and concerns about policies that affect the economic vitality of small businesses in San Francisco. Before Item 1 is called, I'd like to start by thanking Media Services and TV for coordinating this virtual hearing and helping to run this meeting. Please call Item 1.
0: Item 1, roll call. Commissioner Carter? Here. Commissioner Dickerson? Present. Commissioner Herbert? Present. President Huey? Here. Commissioner ortiz cartagena Here. And Vice President Cizunas? Present. President, you have a quorum.
1: Thank you. The San Francisco Small Business Commission and Office of Small Business staff acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Aloni. Who are the original inhabitants of the san francisco peninsula as the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions the ramatusha ohlone have never ceded lost nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory as guests we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland we wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors elders and relatives of the Ramatush Ohlone community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Please call item number two.
0: Item two, Board of Supervisor file 230312, curbside shared spaces, permit and license fees. This is a discussion and action item. The commission will hear and possibly take action on an ordinance amending the public works and administrative code to eliminate permit fees for curbside shared spaces and increase the gross receipts threshold from 2 million to 2.5 million for reduction to annual curbside shared spaces license fees. Presenting today,
1: we have Supervisor Safai. Thank you so much for coming today, Supervisor.
2: My mic on? Okay, good. <laughs> good to see you guys. Thank you, Commissioners, thank you, President uh, Huey, and um, did I say that right? Yes. And uh, Vice President Zuzunas and all the rest of the commissioners for having me here today. Uh, Executive Director Katie Tang and staff. We wanted to come here to talk about a proposal to eliminate the fees that are associated with shared spaces. Uh, One of the things you all know better than anybody because you're on the front lines, many of you have small businesses. Um, Businesses struggled over the last few years and many of them are still struggling and trying to hang on by a thread. And so we came with some proposals in the past. One of them was a rent relief program that we had uh, put forward to the mayor. It was a request for over $25 million so small businesses could pay their back rent. Uh, The mayor chose not to fund that initially. And then finally, we were able to get about $2.5 million. It literally, when uh, we have our director of small business, uh, excuse me, director of the Office of Economic and Workforce Development, when they put that out, it was gone like that. And there's still that demand and need out there, as you know. So we came after talking with many small business, many restaurants, many cafes, and others, um, when we heard that the program was now going to be implemented, they felt very um, strongly that the fees that are associated with it somewhere, in, in many businesses, it can be anywhere between ten dollars and $20,000 just for the fees themselves. Uh, to legalize and to stabilize this program. Um, that's not including the fees that are associated with rebuilding the spaces completely, because now the city, the ADA, fire, building, planning, all the stuff that you all re- already know, that is causing many of them to have to be completely rebuilt. So without these shared spaces, without these parklets, many of these businesses will go under, and we've heard that loud and clear. Um, and I know Commissioner uh, Ortiz Cartagena has been out in my district in particular talking to many of the small businesses, and they have said, I, I, A, we won't pay because we can't pay, we don't have that cash, and B, you're asking us to choose between money that we can help to keep staff, that we can help reinvest back in the business and keep our doors open. So we saw this as a short term small business stimulus. Uh, we think that it will be have a a significant impact. And so what we're proposing is, and you can see on the screen, um, for public movable and commercial parklets to waive both the um, first parking space and any additional parking spaces, fees that are associated with that. And then on an annual basis, the annual fees will still be there and people can then at that point um, pay the annual fee. So that's what we're proposing. We're waiting for the budget and legislative analysts to come back to us and give us a final analysis of what the actual cost would be. This program is up and running. It's already operating. um, And I think that the impact of the budget would be minimal, if any, uh, because this is not money that's already in the budget. This is money that will be realized going forward. So um, we're... um, (coughs) (laughs) looking for the BLA and others to come back and tell us what the actual costs will be after talking to the departments. But again, we're framing this and we believe this is a short-term small business stimulus. We think it's better to keep the money in the pockets of the small businesses rather than them having to pay these fees to the city. So that's my presentation. Happy to answer any questions or hear any comments or, or constructive criticism. I know Commissioner Zazunis always likes to give me constructive criticism. <laughs> 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 just kidding.
1: <laughs> well thank you. Um let's see, Commissioner Herbert.
3: Thank you. I just want to say first of all, thank you so much for even thinking about this because it's really important for all of San Francisco's small businesses, but specifically as a restaurant owner, um, it's really, really important that uh, we get some of these fees waived. Restaurants are, you know, a vital part of the health of the city's economy, um, as you know, and restaurants can also help with revitalizing areas, which we badly need in the city. Um, and so, I would propose that you take it a step further and uh, waive not just the application fees, but I think the permit fees might be waived already for two years?
2: I think those were, that's it's the same thing. Is that correct, the, the different fees: permit fees or the annual fee? The one? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Permit is one time, and then, oh, the, sorry, the license is every year, so I would, I think it's waived for two years if I'm not. I,
2: I think that's right.
3: Okay. Um, and I, I would I would raise the bar for um, for restaurants in terms of annual revenue also because a lot of restaurants are in trouble even the ones that make more than two point five million so again I want to thank you for that um, and I think I think actually we could do more.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Obviously, I'm a little biased, but...
2: No, that's I I understand. And we did, mm -hmm. just so you know, we did raise the, with talking to the Golden Gate Restaurant Mm -hmm. Association, we did raise the uh, gross receipts from $2 million, $2.5 million in this legislation. Who Who would be able to be impacted?
3: Well, thanks again. Really appreciate it.
2: And I just wanted to say, we did work with the GGRA on this. That's great, thank you.
1: Commissioner Ortiz, Cartania.
4: Thank you, President Huey. Supervisor Safai, thank you, appreciate it. Common sense legislation that just it works. You're hearing your constituency, you're hearing everybody around the city. This is exactly what restaurants and small business need in general. So I just appreciate you for bringing this forth. And, and the work, I know the work you did, you really reached out to a lot of like the GGRA with Lori Thomas and I just thank you. Appreciate it. We need more, more, more. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Um,
1: let's see. Commissioner Carter. Oh, oh. there we go. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, UM Supervisor SAFE I also want to thank you for this legislation. It is really hard for small businesses across the board, so any support is like. I think not only small business, all business right now in San Francisco. And I think I'll echo what um, Commissioner Herbert said and taking it a step further. Because is this just the the fees waived for like a first time parklet? Or is it just- I'm listening. Is it for people that's just getting a parklet for the first time or?
2: No, no, it would be existing as well. It would be anyone that, I mean, cause right now I think the fees don't have not kicked in yet so it would oh, be so it would,
5: once it kicks in then they'll have to potentially pay that one-time fee mm-hmm okay
2: so it'd be for new and for proposed. new and ex- I mean existing. that's how we were contemplating
5: great right, yeah I would say extend it to the to the annual also would be helpful
2: okay
1: any other Commissioner questions or comments Um, I know you oh yeah. com- no, no. Go ahead. Commissioner zazunas
6: thank, thank you, supervisor. Appreciate you coming before us with this. Um, yeah, I agree. The gross receipts threshold going up makes a lot of sense because, um, as for those who don't know, the food business is a high-grossing industry but sm- small margins. So high gross doesn't necessarily mean that's the profit. Um, and um, I just wanted to ask two things. What's the timeline? that you expect since you're waiting on kind of a budget and uh, how can we support?
2: So we are, we are, because the this was introduced and it's coming up close to the overall budget conversations, it might get folded into the larger budget conversations, but we're working with the chair to get the information at least accelerated from the budget and legislative analysts to see what the impact would be to the overall budget. And then there's, some additional legislation out there. There was another piece of legislation that was first-year free for a lot of business registrations. This is similar in that sense because it's a a one-time. You know, right? You're 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 eliminating the initial fees for the parking spaces, which is similar to uh, initiation fee for a business. So there's there's some there's some synergy there between those two pieces of legislation. So we're hoping to move this sooner than the budget if we can Um, but it does have budget impact so the timing of it might be folded into the larger budget considerations which are happening in June and and when we do it would be great we will coordinate with you and let you know uh, when it's uh, finally scheduled and I believe it will be at the it's an administrative and public works code change even though it has um budget implications so it could be in rules it could be in budget but we will we will let you know for sure
6: okay and then how does that line up with um, when those permit fees are due for um, by small businesses
2: i don't think any I don't, I don't i don't i mean i might defer to the executive director but i don't know if any of the fees have been collected yet
6: so it's it's not like small businesses are um Having to plan whether they can do this or not yet. Okay.
2: I don't think they're due yet. No. Okay. Yeah. So the timing of it was to make sure that they would know well in advance. Well in
6: advance. Okay. That Um, was my question.
2: And 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 again, if we have to contemplate refunds if this passes, we're happy to have that conversation. But hopefully, we don't have to get there.
6: Okay. Thank you,
1: Commissioner Herbert.
3: One more thing, while we're on the topic. I know Shared Spaces funds itself with the annual fees, right? But isn't it possible for um, the program to request uh, more funding for staffing from the city? That's not uncommon, right? So that's a workaround, because I know that's going to come up.
2: Yes, that is something that could potentially come up during the budget conversations. And so, again, I would, you know, I would think that, Right now, if we're thinking about ways to keep businesses going and stimulating the economy, it's better to keep the money in the pockets of small businesses rather than ask them to pay for operating a program that might not be operating for any businesses if they go out of business. You know, I mean, right now, we don't want to push businesses out of business. So I know that from what we've heard over and over again, a lot of these fees, thousands of dollars, that they just don't have it. And I know for the example on the sunset, the inner sunset, that was a significant blow to that business because it cut their seating in half. Um, so, which is significant. Thank you.
1: Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Ortiz-Cartania.
4: Can I add to that? like? You know, I've been on the ground, so like just the revenue that this is going to generate for the city coffers in general by either mitigating or just adding. Like, a, an example is there's a business in your district that if they don't have the shared space, they probably go under. That means that's another vacant storefront, right? And then that's property values and the reassessment because you don't have a tenant and goes on and on. In addition, the information I've seen on the ground, each shared space. Approximately on average, employees at least one part time person that's minimum. So, again, that creates jobs, it, it really stimulates the economy. So, we're here to support you that they have to make this happen. This is essential for the economy of, of restaurants in, in the city. So,
2: thank you.
1: Great. Thank you. Um, Knowing, I just have like one question. Um, Knowing that there is going to be some sort of like budget, um, you know, conversation um, around this, are there opportunities that you've already identified to be able to maybe offset like support for shared spaces through other programs? Because I know there are other people kind of giving thought to how to make um, shared spaces just more templated or more streamlined, easier to access, easier to say yes to for small businesses? Because, I mean, I think a, a $3,000 fee is significant, but like you were saying, you know, the cost of building a small biz or a shared space is oftentimes like upwards of $25,000 or, or more. I would love to just know if there's like, because um, I've heard of a few different programs that are trying to like think of ways to make, um, you know, the first step less of a barrier for small businesses. And I'm right. just wondering if there's things on your radar that kind of fit into this plan like on a holistic basis.
2: That's a, that's a great question. I'm, I'm glad we have the director of the Office of Economic and Workforce Development here because the truth is that that type of request is a, is a in some ways is, is looking for one-time capital sources, right? Because if a business has to invest in a shared space, they might have to come out of pocket, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars just for the construction. But that's a one-time fee, and it's some for some businesses, it's insurmountable. Um, that's why it's good for uh, that's that's exactly in the alley and in the realm of the Office of Economic and Workforce Development. They have pools of money, or they can create pools of money that are one-time capital dollars that would go into helping small businesses. I know, for example, in this upcoming. Uh, We had our town hall, budget town hall the other night. I know we've heard from a a number of small businesses that are looking for one time capital sources of funding. Um, And that can be the, again, can be the difference between a business expanding, staying open. I know that many of the empty storefronts we have, that is one of the biggest hurdles. Just in and of itself, the dollars for the tenant improvements on the interior let alone doing some construction outside for the exterior for a shared space.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you very much (coughs) for um, bringing this forth to us. Um, Do we have any other comments up here? No. Um, Time to take public comment. Any public comment?
0: Are there any public commenters in the room? Commenters online, you can press star three to be added to the queue. We have one caller uh, currently waiting. Caller, you can go ahead.
7: Good afternoon,
8: my name is Amy Fleary and I'm calling on behalf of the Golden Gate Restaurant Association. Shared Spaces, as you all know, has been an essential program for the survival of many in the San Francisco restaurant community and a draw for tourists and locals alike. We're very grateful that the city has recognized this and made it an ongoing post-pandemic program. But as restaurants continue to recover both from COVID and deal with the challenges brought by this year's storms and inflation. But post pandemic permit application fees are daunting. We strongly support attempts to reduce for one year the application fees, especially measures to reverse application fee for businesses and to raise the threshold for the 50% discount on fees and license costs to 2.5 million. We strongly believe that the long term health program is essential to our industry we want to ensure that the departments that support this program continue to be funded so that this program is suitable for long term. Again, thank you very much.
0: And there's one more public commenter.
7: Uh, good afternoon, Commissioners um, and Supervisor Safai. Uh, Thank you very much for letting me speak. My name is Janet Tarlov, and I am calling today on behalf of the Glen Park Merchants Association. I serve as their president. Uh, I also um, am in leadership at the San Francisco Council of District Merchants Associations. Um, I, uh, for uh, Glen Park Merchants Association, I just want to echo. The sentiment that fees um, from the city right now are absolutely uh, just impeding our ability to recover from the pandemic and return to a, a place of um, sustainability over the, the long term and. Um, Uh, the Glen Park Merchants Association is in support of uh, this legislation and uh, we would like to call on the Commission and the Office of Small Business and the Board of Supervisors to um, one by one find more and more opportunities to uh, make uh, operating in San Francisco uh, more uh, easy and um, AND uh, TO REDUCE THESE AS MUCH AS POSSIBLE. THANK YOU.
0: IF THERE ARE ANY OTHER CALLERS, PLEASE PRESS STAR THREE TO BE ADDED TO THE QUEUE.
1: THERE ARE NONE. GREAT. Um, HEARING NO FURTHER CALLERS. PUBLIC COMMENT IS CLOSED. Um, ARE WE READY TO TAKE A MOTION? Would SOMEONE LIKE TO MAKE A MOTION? Me too. Oh. <laughs>
4: I move to support
9: and I'll second that
1: motion
0: by Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena to support this legislation seconded by Commissioner Dickerson I'll read the roll Commissioner Carter. Yes. Commissioner Dickerson. Yes. Commissioner Herbert. Yes. President Huey. Yes Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena.
2: Yes. Vice
0: President Cezunas.
7: Yes
1: motion passes
2: THANK YOU, COMMISSIONERS, THANKS FOR YOUR TIME AND GREAT QUESTIONS TODAY.
1: THANK YOU. WE ARE JUST.
0: ITEM 3, WORKFORCE DEVELOPMENT DIVISION PRESENTATION, THIS IS A DISCUSSION ITEM. THE COMMISSION WILL HEAR A PRESENTATION FROM THE WORKFORCE DEVELOPMENT DIVISION TO BETTER UNDERSTAND THEIR MISSION, PROGRAMS, AND IDENTIFY OPPORTUNITIES FOR FUTURE COLLABORATION. PRESENTING TODAY WE HAVE KATE SOPHIS, EXECUTIVE DIRECTOR OF THE OFFICE OF Economic and Workforce Development, Joshua Arce, Director of Workforce Development, and Lauren Acevedo, Employment Engagement Manager with Office of Economic and Workforce Development.
10: Great, hi, thanks for having us. I'll be brief, but really wanted to just be here to introduce my team um, and to, to really reiterate how important my department sees workforce in the ecosystem of our economic recovery, and specifically as it relates to supporting our small business community. Um, I was at a meeting earlier this morning and and was reiterating that as we sort of build towards our new future of San Francisco and take the opportunity of the crisis that we and all of our small businesses have been through to kind of co-create what's next, that our superpower are our people, the people who work for our businesses and the people who make each of our businesses Um, something that is a reflection of who we are as a community and our values and that really empower those businesses to be successful and be profitable and connect with their customers and I know sometimes um, that when we think about workforce development writ large we talk a lot about our sector training programs we talk a lot about um, moving large numbers of folks into employment opportunities at big employers uh, but I want to assure you, and I think the presentation will really highlight the fact that um, small business is in the DNA of our workforce development capacity. Um, it's the handshake between one individual, one job seeker, and one business, one at a time. And sometimes it can be daunting to figure out how we collectively make sure we're engaging with every small business um, to know what, what you need and what they need. So um, it's a privilege to be in partnership with Um, our Office of Small Business um, with our um, Workforce Development Team. And so with that, I'm going to turn it over to um, Director Arce uh, to to kick it off. Thank you.
11: Thank you, Executive Director Sophus, Director Tang, President Huey, Vice President Zunis, the Commission, I uh, just thank you for the invitation, as our executive director said. I'm Joshua Arsay, the director of workforce development in our shop, joined by our employer engagement manager, Lauren Acevedo. We're excited to share with you what the partnership with our office looks like. And it's interesting because the slides that you see there talks about partner with us. Um, we're so excited about the partnership that we enjoy with your team and director Tang, Marianne Thompson, who's amazing um the fact is that we are working together closely with your office and i think what we want to do is share the work that we do together and make sure that you're aware of the resources available with respect to the workforce development system and how it's there to partner and help support the employment needs of the small business community i think uh, we're vividly on display just last week at the ferry building with the second annual job fair uh, between the small business community and hospitality leaders including the Hotel Council Golden Gate Restaurant Association 80 employers came out over a thousand job seekers lots of folks hired on the spot everyone got applications that we spoke to there so I think when you look at Mayor Breed's roadmap to economic recovery it's just that it's just that to take those opportunities those small businesses and I think um, Commissioner Herbert had mentioned the the, um, challenges with respect to staffing up and hiring up in the small business community it's It's our system here to help be your partner, as Lauren will share a little bit more about what that means and the offerings that are available we want to make sure to promote, but to really to match the employer needs with those job seekers that are out there. Because actually unemployment, we have seen a little bit of an uptick, uh, 3% as of last Friday, that's the number for March 1st. That means there's 17,000 people out there looking for work, 17,200 to be exact. And so it's our goal to help bring them to the great jobs you're offering, and even those who aren't maybe looking for work to bring them into the labor force as part of the charge of the mayor's economic recovery roadmap that we think is, is, is brilliant and part of something that we're honored to wake up and do every day at our office. So a uh, couple slides, I'm gonna turn it over to Lauren and then I'll do your slides when, when you're up there. Lauren, so our agenda here is just a little bit about us, the workforce resources that's available through our office, our services, partnership benefits and again this is a resource we hope to work together to, to share with you and the, uh, the small business associations that are out there and networks some feedback around employer experiences our number five and then contact information to, sca- to st- stay connected here We'll talk about a workforce link SF platform where there's thousands of job seekers actively looking for opportunities right now as we speak and hundreds of employers and growing every day and we go to the next slide Lauren our office here obviously is, uh, it has a shared mission with the Office of Small Business. It's to create a thriving and resilient economy where barriers to economic and workforce opportunities are removed, and I think within bold you see there the highlight around prosperity that can be shared equitably by all, which is certainly key to what the mayor has called our economic recovery that is equitable, our equitable economic recovery. So our mission at the Workforce Division is specifically to help curate and support this workforce development system, which is a very kind of policy and wonky way of saying how public, private, and nonprofit service providers to support those job seekers in the community help connect with employers. We can go to the next slide. There's job centers are the first point of entry. We fund a variety of job centers in neighborhoods of need. This has grown in recent years to help to meet the moment across San Francisco's neighborhoods, expanding particularly on the west side. But you can see through here the different job centers that you can see by simply going to oewd.org workforce. We'll take you to our site where you can have the addresses and uh, where folks can visit and call in and and drop in and email the different job centers uh, which are in these neighborhoods here, community-based partners that do a terrific job of bringing you into the workforce system. If you're looking for a job, you walk in and say, I'm looking for work or I'm looking for a better job, and then you're in. And these are what we call job readiness services, support with your interview skills, your resume, and then referring you actively to employers. We can go to the next one. In a moment, I'll turn it over to Lauren. Apart with those services through job centers, we also have, you'll see on the site, job centers for individuals with particular needs limited English speakers, individuals who might have had justice involvement in the past, job seekers with disabilities, veterans, and other community members, again, accessing the workforce system. Training programs, are where we're investing in sectors and industries where there's a pathway to quality jobs with something short of a full-on educational certificate or degree, although we do partner with San Francisco State and City College in trying to bring those individuals into the workforce, helping meet the needs of folks who are out there, oftentimes looking for a job today or tomorrow and may not have two or four years to do that. We offer together with unions, together with employers, together with nonprofit partners, pathways to get a foot in the door in technology, the hospitality industry, healthcare, and construction through our longstanding City Build partnership, which is now in its, going on 17th year. And at this point, I'm going to introduce our Employer Engagement Manager, Lauren Acevedo, and I'm going to do your slides. Okay, thank you.
12: Thank you, Director Arce and Director Sophis for the introduction. And I think we're still good afternoon, uh, Commissioners and uh, President Huey. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today to share information about our workforce resources. So for the next part of our presentation, my goal is to demonstrate how easy it is for businesses in San Francisco to access workforce resources and also highlight some of the benefits in partnering with us. And I'll begin with our workforce employer concierge service, which uh, essentially, uh, helps promote jobs to our network of job seekers within our workforce community partner network. Um, and we can move on to the next slide. So there are many benefits to collaborating with OEWD. And just to name a few, uh, we help businesses with hiring locally, with accessing support, uh, with free recruitment services, Um, And also accessing hiring events like the hospitality and small business job fair that we hosted a couple of weeks ago in collaboration With director Tang's team in the office of small business We had over a thousand participants attend this event to connect with over 85 employers So that's just one of the services we can provide to businesses in San Francisco And additionally, um, when businesses uh, work with our team, uh, we are also um, promoting their jobs to job seekers that have been trained in the different uh, sector focus areas that Director Arce mentioned in hospitality, healthcare, technology, and construction. So now I'm gonna talk a little bit about the employer experience, so what it's like when a business uh, interacts with our team here at OEWD. Uh, The first step when a business connects with us is we ask them to register in the city's free job matching portal, WorkforceLink SF, and you can think of this as kind of like an Indeed platform, except it's free, easy to use, and when you sign up with Workforce Link, you get connected to a concierge support team member to help your business uh, add your jobs to the system and review applications and get connected to our community um, partners. Um, Additionally, with Workforce Link, you can access it on any device. And as I mentioned before, a a really neat feature about it is you get access to a portal where you can log in and keep track of applications that have come in from our CBO partner network. So once your business is registered, then you get connected to an employer services specialist who acts as your concierge support. And generally, we like to try to schedule a call learn a little bit more about your business, your hiring needs, and also see if you are seeking support from any other city resources and figure out maybe where we could make some other connections to you, for you uh, for a business, such as uh, connecting a, a business with the Office of Small Business. So again, uh, just you know, want to mention that partnering with us with workforce development is very simple. It takes about five minutes to register in Workforce Link, to connect with one of our team members, add your jobs, and um, get connected to qualified local talent. So we wanted to share just a couple of employer testimonials. And I I wanted to highlight uh, one testimonial from uh, Bandigo. Because as as some of you may know, former President LaGuana is the owner of Bandigo. And we had a really great experience partnering with them. And as uh, their uh, operations manager, Ashley Myers, highlighted that The normal job sites produce underwhelming results for our growing company, but as soon as they turned to the Office of Economic and Workforce Development, their inbox was filled with candidates ready to jump in and become part of their team. So I hope this presentation was informative, and we look forward to building uh, new relationships uh, with businesses in San Francisco uh, to help them access our resources and find local talent and I'm going to pass it back over to Director Arce and we're happy to answer any questions that you have. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here tonight.
11: Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, President Huey. Happy to answer questions or thoughts, feedback you might have for us.
1: Thank you, thank you so much for that presentation. That was really good. I learned a lot. Let's see, um, Commissioner ortiz Cartena.
4: Thank you, Director. Thank you, Lauren. I just want to commend you, like, especially your job fairs. They're amazing. They keep getting better, and people are actually getting hired. Like, I get feedback from Monolingual Las Señoras, and they're getting jobs, which, you know, is dope. Like, it's really working, like a city program and agency that's really doing what they're supposed to be. So super excited, and the WorkLink MAN THAT'S SO SO GOOD LIKE IT'S REALLY REALLY GOOD IT'S INTUITIVE AND IT REALLY DOES WORK LIKE SMALL BUSINESSES I CAN'T PROMOTE IT ENOUGH LIKE I WISH WE COULD GET IT OUT THERE MORE BECAUSE IT'S A GOOD GOOD SYSTEM SERIOUSLY AND I APPRECIATE YOU ALL I MEAN I DON'T SAY MUCH ABOUT OTHER CITY DEPARTMENTS BUT (laughs) you, YOU GUYS ARE ROCKING SO THANKS
11: THANKS COMMISSIONER THANK YOU
1: COMMISSIONER CARTER
5: yeah, great presentation, or and even framing it as a concierge. I think that's really, really great, um, and I wish I would have used it. Like, I spent a lot of money with Indeed, <laughs> so that's great, and I'm just curious as, like, how you guys um, get this out to to employers, and then also the job fair was great. Um, I saw the pictures and heard different people. Like, y'all had it packed at the Ferry Building, so that was GREAT BUT YEAH I'M CURIOUS AS TO HOW DO PEOPLE FIND HOW DOES EMPLOYERS FIND OUT ABOUT THIS SERVICE
11: WELL THANK YOU FOR THAT THE the POSITIVE FEEDBACK COMMISSIONER CARTER AND AND REALLY BELIEVE it OR NOT IT'S ALL WORD OF MOUTH IT'S UM IT'S FOLKS LIKE OUR DIRECTOR HERE EXECUTIVE DIRECTOR FOR THE THE OFFICE OF SMALL BUSINESS DIRECTOR TANG PROMOTING UM YOU ALL KIND OF ENCOURAGING INDIVIDUALS IT'S A PART OF ALL OF OUR FLYERS BUT WE'VE BEEN I think because due to the pandemic, this tool was kind of something we developed in response to the need for something like this in the absence of being able to do the job fairs. And so I think with the um, uh, Ellie Asinloo, who's our workforce solutions manager who developed the platform, it's a Salesforce-based platform. We kind of piloted it and did what they call the soft launch. And with our hard work and service providers out there, every grantee of our office, which is a a job center or a a sector coordinator for those different areas of opportunity, about I want to say 30 to 40 different organizations. We give them free licenses so they can use and sign up all their clients for free at no cost and we do training so they can do that. So that's on the job seeker side and then with respect to doing more and more of these events and more and more kind of true believers, um, former commissioner Laguana was a big proponent early on helping spread the word and I think um, a number of you all have done that and certainly Director Tang and others the mayor has promoted it on her social media and it's just kind of been a grassroots grassroots word of mouth it's given us the ability to to tinker and to kind of work through things and now we can send text messages to job seekers reminders see you at the job fair Uh, businesses were able to show up in some of the instances and sign up right there and then drop their open positions right there on their computer, even on their phone, because it's based through Salesforce. And then we use it as a check-in tool. So like folks that go to the job fair, the first kind of thing you do with with volunteers is say, hey, I'm here, you check in, and then we know that you made it. We know that we can follow up, hey, you get a job. We know we can call the employers, hey, how to work out through Lauren and her team. And so really it's been that kind of grassroots type of approach here, and uh, I think we're excited about the potential to even promote it even more. In, in the in the road ahead beyond just the word of mouth and kind of proven success track record. Great. Right.
1: Commissioner Zazunis, thank you. That's good stuff.
6: Thank you so much for, for telling us all about it. Um, I I think my question is geared and my suggestion is geared towards how do we reach neighborhood ecosystems and and micro businesses as as they were, you know, ten or less employee type businesses. Um, and a partnership that I really would love to see would be with the council of district merchants, because I think we're having a kind of, um, in our attempt to build capacity for small businesses, we're kind of siloing their resources a little bit. So, you know, while there's a lot of funding for activations on corridors and, um, that sort of thing, there's not a lot of uh, leverage capacity for small businesses hiring within their neighborhood, um, and unfortunately, I think a lot of the Avenue Greenlight funding wouldn't accept proposals like that because it was too, you know, small business focused. But we all here understand that an ecosystem needs participation from residents and um, small businesses as a whole, and um, so I mean. My question, and, and you know, with with the recommendation in there, is: Have you had any successful kind of success center hosted, neighborhood-based hosted, um, smaller job fairs? And and what you know, what could you envision in, in that kind of regard?
11: In a moment, I'm gonna uh, thank you for the question, Commissioner. I'll turn it to Lauren in a, in a moment because we did have the pleasure and opportunity to present to the um, to the council at the requester. Um, invitation of President Bill Barnacle at some time, and maybe Lauren can share some of what followed there um, in terms of ideas from that conversation with the district merchant um, representatives. But I do know that uh, we've had a great support from our colleagues within the division at the Community Economic Development Department Director Diana Ponce de Leon and her team have really been great in promoting these events in the corridors and areas that they serve as well. But I think it's a great idea in terms of um, something we have kind of talked about, making sure that folks in the neighborhoods know there's this resource, but even beyond that, that they know there might be a job center in their area. You know, it might be that district merchants on, say, Irving or other areas of the sunset may not know that Self-Help for the Elderly, which for years has operated a, a terrific job center in Chinatown. The past few years, we've funded their, their support to open up a satellite office in the sunset in Richmond that's available. But any thoughts following that presentation with the council?
12: Um, thank you, Director Arsay. I was uh, right. So one of my, the tasks in my new role as the employer engagement manager is I'm trying to bring more visibility to our workforce resources in general. So we did have one presentation with the Council of District Merchants. Uh, I would definitely welcome other if there are other opportunities to get out into the community to speak with businesses directly about Workforce Link about workforce development I'm definitely open uh, to to those uh, opportunities to come out and share information about our resources as well as our job center partners because OEWD we've been hosting these larger job fairs which have been uh, quite successful. Our job centers also host job fairs as well on a more regular basis and those are, those are, we're always, I'm always trying to connect businesses that are, you know, partnering with workforce development to those job fairs as well and connecting them with our job centers so we can help uh, job seekers in different neighborhoods in the city get access to opportunities. Great, thank you. I guess just kind of a follow up to
6: make it more specific. I think the B two B culture, like business, small business to business culture, could also be an addendum to thinking about workforce because we have a lot of small businesses that are actually just sole proprietors. They're a babysitter, an accountant, what, what, what not. So something that, for example, South of Market really neighborhood really needs but, you know, their merchant group couldn't get funding to do is to host something that says if you're a, you know, if you run a little daycare and you're looking for clients, come to this. If you're, um, you know, a small post, you know postal service or whatever, come to this and, and table because people from the neighborhood will be there. You know, so something really specific to the existing landscape of, of a certain neighborhood that um, can encourage both small employers, sole proprietors, who can be, you know, hired B2B, and and just think of expanding the workforce bigger than our kind of what I see a lot of times a narrow definition as a big business and and you know a service workforce, and and so I think any encouragement in the direction of kind of diversifying what those hiring fairs look like and to be neighborhood specific is just a. High need in, in my experience.
11: We appreciate that guidance, and I apologize, Commissioner. I misspoke. It was Bill Barnicle had asked for flyers at an event he had the sunset. It was Masud at the uh, district uh, at the merchants that had brought us in for. I want to say was it was at. It was the night of the power outages, so we were doing <laughs> on Zooms, and he was very gracious. Uh, Masud was in introducing us and giving the time to share. But it's a great topic to follow right up on.
6: those yeah those are the execs you know we need to get to the to the business owners in understood. those neighborhoods for sure and give them somehow leverage your capacity which you seem to have so many resources built out like my question is just how can we better get these to neighborhoods
11: okay thank, yeah. th- thank you for that guidance it's that's, that's a good charge for us because you know what happens after these job fairs it becomes for one day it's a sigh of relief because they take a few months to plan, but then within 24 hours, it's where next. So yeah. that that's uh, those are some good ideas. Thank you, Commissioner.
1: Thank you for all your work, Commissioner Herbert.
3: Hello. Thank you so much for the work you're doing. It's so important. Um, I just had a, a question, and that is, do you have a way of measuring uh, how you're affecting employment? or unemployment in the city, do you have a way of of reflecting and looking at numerically seeing a direct correlation between the work that you're doing and how it's affecting the job market, unemployment in the city?
11: Yes, we, we have a few ways. So one of the things that we do, our key performance indicator is that unemployment rate. And so even though we have seen, something of an uptick in, in recent months, we're able to do a, a few things. One, when an employer of a certain size and scale, it's usually large employers, if there's uh, an incident, uh, an, an instance rather, that is of, of 75 or more workers laid off, we get a WARN notice, and your small business commissioners, and, and I have a, have a feeling you're familiar with, with the, the WARN Act, which essentially is a notification required by the federal and state government that an employer is laying off a certain number of workers. So those uh, letters go in, they're required to go to the mayor of the area, so it goes to Mayor Breed, it's required to go to the workforce director of the area, which is yours truly, and the state of California. So we log those, and we have seen, obviously, it was much publicized layoffs within the tech industry, thousands of individuals, unfortunately, losing work with about two months' notice, but we have been kind of bracing for what that's gonna do to the economy and to the unemployment rate. Thankfully, a few things happen. Our office, Lauren and her team, Mae Eng, is our rapid response specialist within her team. The moment we get that notice, we offer resources, services, uh, support, alternative means of employment, unemployment, covered California, all the things that you would need if you're going to lose your job. We've seen a lot of those workers transition either into other tech firms or other employers who are kind of with this next phase of technologies and industry that you're seeing is a lot of employers may not be in the tech industry want tech skilled workers and they've been hiring folks into their offices and that's some of the work that we do to help make the match smaller employers what we do is i think because we're able to kind of get a sense of how many people we get through the reports on say like the workforce link or our service providers who on any given year are serving about seven thousand individuals a year during covid there were much larger efforts stuff like the essential resource hubs in the Mission Excelsior Bayview and down into Visitation Valley that served up to 12,000 individuals when unemployment was as high as 13 plus percent. And so to this day, even though we, like I say, uh, the number 16,000 uh, or 17,200 is the number of individuals looking for work as of March, we're able to kind of see some kind of sense of do we have a relationship? Do we have through our service providers? or our Workforce Link platform, or our direct services staff, what is known as our community engagement team, we're able to know based on resources such as our Workforce Hotline and these other services, who's looking, who's not working. We're able to go put boots on the ground to help make sure folks have options. If they know about um, small businesses that are hiring or anyone at all that's hiring to help kind of make that match, I think we're able to point to uh, the data shows it's the second lowest unemployment rate in the state. So I think when you look at what's the difference between San Francisco, despite some changes in the economy, still keeping an unemployment rate that's, again, second lowest in the state is because I think we're all working together in this way. Um, Even though employers have, um, you know, experienced some releasing of some of their workers, we're able to kind of quickly all work together and collectively to get them rematched. The best example of that, I think, is work we did with the janitor's union, Local 87, who has 3,500 out-of-work janitors right now, and that's in large part due to remote work and some of the businesses releasing their leases and letting go of some of their office space. Significant impacts on those, that workforce. But at the, the hiring event, for example, last week, with all the work available in hotels, which is a booming industry... We were able to work and have shuttles from the janitor's union right over there to the ferry building. And a number of those laid-off janitors got on the shuttle, went to the hiring event, and walked away with jobs at different hotels. So I think there's both the anecdotal and just knowing we're doing everything we can, and then when we see that we're able to hold and not see what we would have thought, thousands of new uh, individuals who's looking for work because they were laid off, we're only seeing an incremental increase, like I say, a few hundred per month. We want it to be nothing. We want to go back down to 2%, sub 2% where we've been. But um, those are some of the ways that we can track empirically the impact of our, of our collective efforts.
3: Great. Thank you.
11: Thank you.
1: Well, that was, that was a very good story, by the way. The janitor. I mean, I feel like we need to, <laughs> to really sit with that one. Um, you know, I I also wrote down here OEWD with like lots of exclamation marks. So I really wanna commend like this whole team, this whole ecosystem that you're building right now too. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at Director Sophus. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking at all of you, you know, and uh, Director Tang as well. I just really wanna commend you as a as a resident and as a small business owner, um, you know, like, Thank you for kind of seeing how this whole system comes together and how it is all interconnected, right, like what you were saying. And, and I think it's not about, like, solving for one thing at a time. It's really about how to make the whole thing come together for everybody. So thank you so much for having that perspective and that point of view. It's really making a huge difference in the impact of life, you know, for, for many San Franciscans. So thank you.
11: Thank you President Huey in full credit to the president of the janitor's union Olga Miranda for having the foresight to think through around working with us to make this connection. Business leaders labor leaders community and government feel like all hands on deck. We can do anything. So thank you President Huey.
1: Yeah well that kind of brings me to a few questions that I had one is um, a simple one is um, how many people how many employers do you have currently on workforce or work for slink.
11: It's so interesting you say that, because I was literally loading just in case to get the job seeker count and the active. Uh, but it's- so, so
12: as of today, currently, we have a little over uh, 700 employers in Workforce Link that our team's been engaged with this uh, past fiscal year. Okay.
1: That's super helpful, because then, I mean, on the scale of, like, how many businesses we know are out there, like, we can definitely try to get that number up. And maybe we can kind of consider how, like in just our regular communications, like we, re- we just finished a survey, you know, that could have been an opportunity for us to like encourage people to sign up and things. But I think going forward, that would be really, I mean, the presentation, I think, showed me how simple it is, which I think in my mind, I kind of like didn't realize how easy it is. Because this is really something that, um, like when you talk to people in neighborhoods who have actually tried different types of workforce programs they're like oh this didn't work out because of this thing you know it's just hard it's a it's a matchmaking kind of like thing right and so it doesn't always work and but the thing that I find really interesting about your presentation was it really showed that if we just all kind of like get on it and use it as a tool that's where the strength comes from right it's kind of like the whole like I don't know, mapping situation before. Like you need everybody to kind of get on, start using it. And, um, and so I'm excited to see that type of you know, um, activity. Um, the other thing that I've noticed is um, for a lot of employers or a lot of small businesses, I think consistency is really good. So like having these job fairs consistently whether people are coming or not, because I think things kind of ebb and flow. But I feel like that's been a real key for a lot of things is that people can count on it when it does happen, because you're, you know, like how you're saying, oh, I I wish I would have known about it. But, you know, the way the business goes, it's like we will always kind of be in that cycle. So to know that this is a reliable, you know, support is really great. Um, I, oh, and then the CBO's getting on, I think you mentioned, that because um, I've been getting different um, so I also ran a merchants association as well in the Richmond district so I'm talking about you know neighborhoods as like like trying to get those little people that's like what I that's who I am I'm like the little person so
4: <laughs> can I add, that yeah. that's funny because like um, our team we're developing a walkthrough in the mission excelsior of Israel where you know they still put the sign necesito cocinera so we're going to go in with some iPads or whatever and, and we're just going to cuz you know monolingual and we're just going to sign them up What does that mean? Yes. Like like um a lot of people put help wanted like for mm-hmm. like like a cook or chef still the old school you know mm-hmm. on the on oh, the no, thing and yeah. The paper, and yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So so the team at Gletcher they're going to just walk the corridor and start signing people up at work for them cuz sometimes it's not even the language, it's the, like technical aspects mm-hmm. so like you said partnering with the CBOs I know we did a lot of work during the pandemic at the Mission Food Hub and the Casa de Apoyo so bringing it to the neighborhood, like, just coming out there and sign up. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think your grassroots approach is really um, the way San Francisco likes to operate in many ways, so I feel like it's well aligned with the way that we naturally kind of, like, move through the world. Um, And I forget what I was saying now, but, oh, students, I was wondering about – you know what your oh I had talked about CBOs and then we kind of mm-hmm. but like uh, there have been several CBOs who have come and approached me as a merchant's association president to do presentations all of those CBOs if they're not signed up they should sign up with uh, your with workforce to be on there right like
11: they they should now the one thing I was just going to say so we purchase licenses annually for Uh, up to two and if folks, some of the community partners need a third because their staff is so active in doing the work that we fund them to do in terms of recruit job seekers and help get them placed, they use this as a tool to get their work done that they're funding us for. So we're happy to provide this resource for free. The, so that's only available at the current time to workforce development system partners, mostly because having that license essentially allows you to go into the information, like the client file information, like the personal and private information about the individual's journey, their skills, and stuff that's a little bit more informative for someone who's helping to, to make the connection And as a job developer than an employer, where, of course, what we're looking to do is make sure that communities we serve are presented just as qualified as anyone that you might. Recruit off of Indeed or any other kind of resource, and partly what we do is because the, our business concierge, our employer concierge, and our first source hiring program staff are doing a degree of pre-screen, and might say to someone, "Hey, you know, you applied for that position at that one firm. It might be a little bit of a stretch. Give me maybe look at this instead of that, just so employers are seeing folks that we hope they're going to find very qualified." This isn't by means the only platform we would encourage both employers or job seekers there's there's tons of places where um, someone who's been great and helped us develop this tool is Lori Thomas at the Golden Gate Restaurant Association and she's had some sometimes it's a, it's just a snapshot in time you might get a lot of folks apply for a position you might not get many at all you might get more applicants through Craigslist or you might get applicants uh, more ready through other tools but it is a free platform that's really quick really easy, and I think back to your question, President Huey, about the community partners, there is nothing that should hold back a community partner from one of two things, or or two things at a minimum. One, an introduction with us, we would love that because we can work together and help to support the individuals that they're supporting in their job search, and two, nothing stops that uh, community partner from helping the individuals they work with sign up for free on the workforce link it's a free to apply as a job seeker it's free to post as an employer and the only distinction like i mentioned is the service provider partners who we have grants with have access to those licenses to do the work on the back end to help facilitate an application to log in and see if an employer has actually followed through with a hiring offer if one was uh, made available or maybe to encourage an interview or pick up the phone and call the employer, Hey, what happened with those applicants? Anything we can do to support? How's it, how's it going? That's kind of work on the back end through the licenses, the Salesforce licenses that we grant to the service provider partners.
1: Okay. That's helpful. Um, so, Oh, I, speaking of students, knowing that there are many students who are oftentimes looking for work, oh, um, I feel like that would be a great like kind of neighborhood perhaps, or a different sector or whatever kind of spot. <laughs> so we have some students here. <laughs>
4: so, hey, that's an talk. example. They they were part of one of the programs, and now they're employed at the CBO, so that's right case in point, working.
11: There it is. Thanks. Congratulations.
5: <laughs>
11: yeah, and actually one of the things we have partnered with the Human Rights Commission around the Opportunities for All program and Department of Children, Youth, and Families. It's something we talked about, Executive Director Sofis mentioned it. We have, as of this morning, reestablished a citywide committee on workforce alignment, and one of the things we talked about was to develop a system whereby the programs for, for youth that we're investing in helping to create seeds of success in terms of career long term with our students that we have the ability to know when that individual is maybe looking for their paid internship opportunity what's available to every high school student in the city and county and then for us to kind of know kind of similarly if we're working with employers say hey it's we see you haven't got any applicants yet you want us to do some work Um, can we send some folks your way to be able to go into a similar platform maybe it's ours maybe it's a hybrid maybe it's a combination of lots of these different things but there's talk of Uh, between children, youth, and their families and the work they do with students, Um, our office with uh, transitional age youth, adults, and older adults to try to find one system where we can make it really easy for someone to say, I'm looking for an internship or I'm looking for something this summer or I'm looking for a part-time job or doing any of these things. And certainly if it's someone looking for work, even if it's part-time, WorkforceLinkSF.org is a great place to go.
1: That's great, yeah, I mean, I think that's one sector that we just don't give enough credit to, that they can work and they, they should have that work experience. Um, lastly, I think it's just, this is not so much a question, but really I guess words of encouragement from you know, small business is that I think in the future I would love to see um, you know, young people, job seekers, whoever, have that entrepreneurial spirit and really think about themselves as like their own small business and really be able to move through the world like feeling empowered that they're going to find their next opportunity and you know that their time is valuable and so you know i think if there's any way to help job seekers not feel like they're you know under the control of like finding you know i have to find that next piece mm-hmm. but i'm really empowered to be able to like you know figure out what my next move is going to be I think that would be beneficial for all of us as small business owners because then we have people working with us versus always feeling like they're working for us, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that would be a really nice um, place for our city to be in as we use words like co-create, right, and collaborate and collaborate and things like that to have young people as well as people who are looking for their next opportunity really feel like, you know, they're they're excited to be a part of our businesses. I think that would be that would be great. So anything that we could do um, to kind of help with that and promote that entrepreneurial spirit, I think I'm speaking already on behalf of all of us, but <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I think we would be totally down for that. So.
11: Thank you for that guidance, President Huey. It's a great idea. Thank you.
1: Any other questions? Oh, Director Tang.
13: Thank you so much, Director Arce and Lauren, and of course the entire workforce division for all that you do. Um, One thing that uh, commissioners you may not be aware of, I just wanted to add on how we actually collaborate on a pretty regular basis. Um, There are some situations where there might be say, a fire that has, unfortunately destroyed a business, or for some reason, um, there's some, you know, catastrophe that happens. So um, I know Director Arce mentioned Mei Ying, who reaches out um, and works with the business owners to figure out whether for themselves or for their workers, um, what sort of um, unemployment benefits there are or other resources, and we all collaborate um, on those instances. Um, I mean, unfortunately, there's some situations that are, that are pretty terrible, but um, just an example of the wraparound services I think we provide. As an OAWD family. So, again, just wanted to thank you both so much for your partnership, well, and to the entire team.
11: Thank you. Thank you, Director Tang. Thank you. Thank you, all commissioners.
13: Thank you. I think
1: we have to take um, public comment, right? Yeah.
0: Um, Public commenters on the phone, please dial star three to be added to the queue. I don't see an. Oh, we do have one caller. Go ahead.
7: Uh, good afternoon, again. Uh, this is Janet Parlov uh, from the Glen Park Merchants Association and also the San Francisco Council of District Merchants Association. It's very nice to hear our uh, our association mentioned at the meeting today. And um, I just wanted to um, uh, expand on a couple of the comments made by the uh, commissioners. So Commissioner Zuzunee, um uh, relate what I think is an excellent idea, uh, which is to bring uh, job fairs into the commercial corridors. Um, I I think that's an outstanding idea. But I also think it might be worth thinking about um, having job fairs that are industry specific. Um, so restaurants or brick and mortar retail. Um, these uh, these industries are really Really challenged by uh, the low unemployment uh, rate, Um, trying to find a reliable workforce is um, uh, a a major drain on our resources. So, having a a free uh, opportunity to uh, access job seekers uh, is uh, sounds like uh, a really great thing. I I was at the. meeting that was referenced with the power outages and everything. And I hope that that um, resulted in some of our members at the council reaching out for uh, more information. Um, but um, the other thing that I wanted to just uh, make a note of, um, uh, President Huey uh, a moment ago uh, mentioned um, fostering an um, entrepreneurial uh Attitude or spirit amongst uh, job seekers, and I, I also couldn't agree more personally with that. Um, I think that um, uh, job seekers need um, they need uh, more help with financial literacy, with uh, self-advocacy skills, with um, with placing themselves, uh, selecting jobs that will be uh, good for their careers and their uh, their futures and will be a good fit with their family life and, and things like that, and I think there's generally not enough um, uh, attention paid to that for job seekers so that um, uh, there could be a good match made. So thank you very much for allowing me to comment.
1: Thank you. Any other
0: callers? There are no other callers.
1: Great. So, um, hearing no further callers, public comment is closed. And thank you so much for your thank presentation. You. Thank you, commissioners.
11: Yeah. Thank you, executive director Tang. Thanks, Gary. Thank you all. Thank you.
1: And next item
0: item four, shop dine San Francisco presentation. This is a discussion item. Uh, Presenting today, we have Marianne Thompson with Small Business Engagement Specialist and Michelle Reynolds, Small Business Programs and Communications Manager, both with the Office of Small Business.
1: (laughs) Welcome, Marianne. Welcome, Michelle. Hello. Thank you.
4: You know how to get us happy. I Free know. <laughs> Thank you.
14: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good, after commis- good afternoon, commissioners. Director Tang, President Huey, Vice President Zuzunas. My name is Ann Thompson, and I am with the Office of Small Business. Yes. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Um, So I'm going to do the history of shop and dine in the 49, and Michelle's going to do the future. Um, So two of you commissioners have had presentations from me in the past. Um, It was started in 2014 with Mayor Lee, who used to have a quarterly roundtable with small businesses. And one of the things that they came forward with is that they wanted a buy local campaign. Very much at that point, it was sort of the, um, how do we get people to shop in the corridors? I will say that um, we partnered with EMC Research, in 2014, to actually do some research for us. And it turns out that people understood buy local, but there wasn't a thing that resonated with them to get them to buy local. Um, turns out jobs was not a good talking point. I, poor Josh, I know, he's probably going to go, oh my God. <laughs> but we, when we talked about like what resonates with residents, what resonates with folks, um, it turns out that it's the vibrancy of our corridors. That's what really hits people and gets them to shop local. I also want to share this one, I always think this is a fun fact that came out of EMC research. Most people 50 and older really understand by local, they really understand the value of shopping in their corridor, they know their merchants, they know their grocery store person, they know their bar owner. Most people 50 and younger did not. So that was one of the key features of that survey. Um, So, again, the goal was just to get folks to shop in their local corridors. When we started this campaign, um, we went citywide with our images, mostly because it was a brand-new campaign, and we couldn't quite figure out how to get people to understand how it applied to their corridor, but how it applied to the city as a whole. Um, As you can see, a lot has happened with this. Um, So we've had many, many partners. Over the years, everything from the Chamber to SF Loma, SF Travel, um, every year it grows in terms of our partnerships. Um, Some years, in 2020, our partner was the Department of Emergency Management, because our goal was to say, how do you shop local during a pandemic, right? How do you get people into the corridors and to shop safely? Um, Over this past few years, 2021, 2022, MasterCard, Um, Our CBDs, Meta, Square, and this year Shopify. So those are our big, it's really important to understand that this is, and you'll see in the next slide, that this really, this program depends very heavily on our partnerships. Every year the city funds it to the tune of $30,000 a year. That's what we get in our local budget, in our budget. What we raise, we get from the private sector. And those are partnerships that we have with Shopify, with Square. Square has just been an amazing partner all these years. They're always coming to the table and saying, what can we do? How can we support you? In um, 2020-21, we had a great partnership with MasterCard. That was the year we did the Holly Jolly Trolley. We came to a neighborhood corridor near you. We brought you a trolley car, carolers, hot cocoa, a variety of different, yes, yes. The, the one we did, it so we did it by sector. So like one night we went to the Mission, Valencia and Calle, and that, I really wish I had photos, was stunning and spectacular. So again, this program really depends heavily on our external partnerships. Um, every year until recently, we've had a very robust collateral. We've had 300 street pole banners that you've seen all over with an old expired campaign. Um, We've had maps. We had a uh, cable car that was themed to Shop and Dine the 49. We do press releases. We do bus shelters, ad buys in local newspapers, PSAs and iHeartRadio. And again, all of that depends on a partnership. The PSAs, things like that, those were with American Express. So we leverage everything that comes our way. Um, just a few of the partnerships that we've had over the years, uh, beer week in 2021, we partnered with Metallica for a Metallica takeover, um, outside lands. We support them by providing them with small businesses that can actually pop up at outside lands. Um, we've done things like bookstore week and just all sorts of different things. What I think most of you know now to be the key signature events of Shop and Dine is, of course, the City Hall pop-up, which happens twice a year. Okay, so this gets us to our brand refresh.
15: Hello, everyone. Oh, let me adjust this mic. Hi, thank you for having us. Um, Michelle Reynolds from the Office of Small Business. I do communications and uh, program management. So as Marianne mentioned, uh, I think briefly, so the Shop and Dine SF, or Shop and Dine in the 49, what has been under OEWD, um, and when Marianne joined our office at OSB, so came with it, Shop and Dine. (laughs) Um, And very shortly thereafter, we started working on a brand refresh to modernize the look and feel and to bring new energy into the campaign And to do that, we worked with um, a design firm, Lowercase Productions, that has a long history with Shop and Dine in the 49, and so brought with them a lot of expertise and knowledge. And uh, so here you have the brand reveal. Uh, On the left is the previous uh, logo, and on the right is after. Um, So you'll see, obviously, there's a new name that goes along with it, too. Shop and Dine in the 49 became Shop Dine SF, very simply. Um, And that comes along with it a new website and new social media handles. Next slide. Um, So in regards to the name, uh, one of the pieces of feedback that we heard consistently was that Shop and Dine in the 49, the in the 49, can feel um, a bit like insider lingo, especially for visitors who may not know what that's referring to. Um, and also we know that in the 49 can be uh, difficult to effectively translate into multiple languages. So it was for those two reasons that we opted for a simplified name, Shop Dine, SF. And we chose a colorful color palette, um, rainbow colored, and it also has several variations provided by the designer. Uh, it's intended to evoke joy, be playful, um, vibrant, and uh, want to make you go shopping. Uh, there's also within the brand specifications, we can add neighborhood names to the logo as you saw in the previous slide. So when there are specific neighborhood projects that come up, we can customize them by neighborhood. The new website we have, uh, sf.gov slash is utilizing the city's uh, own technology and digital services department. Some of the benefits of that over the previous website, which was shop dine, shop dine forty nine, shop and dine forty nine. See, it's even hard to remember. <laughs> uh, include that the um, SF.gov platform is secure. Uh, it is free for us to use as a city department and it is automatically translated into Spanish, Filipino, and Chinese. And additionally, it is accessible to uh, individuals who use a screen reader or other assistive technologies. One of the things that we've already started with um, utilizing our new website are uh, campaigns that center around major events and cultural celebrations. So we launched this uh, in late 2022 for the holiday season. We did a shop shop and dine local campaign. And then in early 2023, we created an online and social media campaign for the Lunar New Year. And we're currently in progress working on a campaign for centered around the Mission District and Carnival, San Francisco. So that'll come out in a few weeks. And so all of those campaigns are designed to promote uh, events that are within commercial corridors as well as shopping guides, neighborhood, um, you know, neighborhood directories, that sort of thing. Um, events we also have, so coming on the coming up side of things, uh, is that we're officially rolling out this new brand um, to start with Small Business Week, which begins on May 8th, coming up in two weeks. And so with that, Shop Dine SF, thanks to the very hard work of Marianne, uh, is hosting two events. One is that City Hall pop-up, which will be on May 9th, uh, and a small business boogie, which will be at the Ferry Building on the evening of Wednesday, May 10th. Uh, And for for those two events, there will be limited edition screen-printed shopping bags uh, that will be given away to shoppers while supplies last. Uh, and also, next slide, uh, coming up to launch during that rebrand launch week in um, on, starting May 8th is a partnership with SFGovTV, uh, we'll be rolling out a series of short uh, pithy social media video campaigns to highlight small businesses. Uh, we're doing them thematically this time around. TV has been a great partner for Shop and Dine uh, in the past, creating videos to highlight small businesses. And this time, let's see, we are first, I think, rolling out ice creameries and uh, things like vintage shopping, bars, you name it. And so that'll be really fun as it rolls out throughout May and into the summer. And that concludes our presentation. I want to thank you again for inviting us. And Marianne and
1: I are both here for questions. Great. Thank you so much. This is, and thank you very much for the, the sh- swag. <laughs> <laughs> um, commissioners, any questions, comments? Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena.
4: Thank you for the presentation. Thank you for the work. We're happy, Marianne, you're on this side of the force. Yeah. Right? The best side, small business side. <laughs> but um, you know, you just gave me an aha, like, you know, shop the 49, whatever it was. Yeah, only like, it doesn't make sense if you're from not, if you're not, like, it was like, duh, right? So I love this new branding. It's like, just, Marianne. And the work you do with those events, I don't know how you stretch. You know, you should run some of my companies and stretch the budget. I don't know how you do. These events are dope. Like, I was like caroling, and it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was lit. So appreciate y'all. I'm excited for it. Director
13: Tang well of course i want to thank uh, marianne and michelle for all your work on this um, and this ongoing campaign to really support our commercial corridors and small businesses Um, and also you'll notice um, printed inside the tote bag that you all received the limited edition tote bag Um, (laughs) thanks to michelle for and marianne for coordinating this they got it printed through local legacy business babylon burning which did unfortunately burn down but did relocate to a new location so we're trying to practice what we preach and um, supporting our local businesses and the creation of the, the goods that you have. <laughs> so, thank you both.
1: Oh, you know, I think we still have uh, public comment and things, right? <clears throat> or- public
0: commenters in the queue, please st- uh, to be in the queue, press star three. And there are no commenters.
1: Um, I think. Well, I forgot to say what I was going to say. <laughs> That's okay. It's, it's okay. Um, thank you so much. Um, since there's no public commenters, I guess public comments is closed. And yeah, thank you very much for your presentation. This was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I was taken by the by the excitement to shop and dine in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like
5: this <laughs> a great flyer too.
1: Um let's see, so number item number five. Four. Uh, no, five. Five, yeah. Five, yeah. Uh, Item five,
0: resolution declaring small business week May 8th through 12th, 2023. This is a discussion and action item. The commission will review and possibly take action to declare May 8th through 12th small business week in
13: 2023.
1: Thank you. Director Tang, would you like to provide some background on this?
13: Oh, sure. So uh, every week, um, just logistically speaking, we, I mean, not every week, um, every year, <laughs> well, technically year. we do try to promote small businesses every day in our work, uh, but officially through this commission, we do need to declare uh, small business week here. Um, so the resolution before you um, simply highlights um, the importance of small businesses, that small businesses account for nearly um, or approximately 95% of the total businesses in San Francisco and employ hundreds of thousands of San Franciscans. Um, And so uh, really before you, it's, um, I think, things you already know about the importance and the contribution of small businesses. So um, I think I'll keep it brief at that.
1: Great, thank you. Um, Commissioners, any comments? Nope. Um, Any public commenters?
0: There are no public commenters in the queue.
1: All right, and hearing no further callers, um, public comment is closed. Um, commissioners, would anybody like to make a motion to? I'll motion that. And somebody second. Should second we
0: second it? Motion by Commissioner Carter, seconded by Commissioner Dickerson. I'll read the roll. Commissioner Carter. Yes. Commissioner Dickerson. Yes. Commissioner Herbert. Yes. Uh, President Huey. Oh yes. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena Yes. And Vice President Sazanes. Yes. Motion passes. Great, thank you. Um, next item. Item five, approval of draft meeting minutes. This is a discussion
1: and action item. Commissioners, any comments about the draft meeting minutes? No. Any public comment?
0: Public commenters, please dial star three to be added to the queue. No commenters.
1: Um hearing no public comment public comment is closed um, Commission oh I think we need to make a motion to adopt the draft meeting minutes would anyone like to make a motion
5: I'll make a motion
1: oh I'll second it. <laughs> motion
9: <laughs> by wonderful. Commissioner Thank Carter you. seconded the
0: by <laughs> <girl>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll read the roll Commissioner Carter Yes. Commissioner Dickerson. Yes. Commissioner Herbert. Yes.
1: President Huey. Yes.
0: Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Yes. And Vice President Cezunas. Yes. Motion passes.
1: Great. And next item.
0: Item six, general public comment. This is a discussion item allowing members of the public to comment generally on matters within the Small Business Commission's
1: jurisdiction, but
0: not on today's calendar.
1: So any members of the public who would like to make comments on on any items not on the agenda today?
0: There are no commenters in the queue.
1: Anybody in the room want to make a public comment? (laughs) Great. Um, Seeing no public comment, Um, public comment is closed. Next item.
0: Item seven, director's report.
13: This is a discussion item all right good evening commissioners um, so a couple of updates for you um, one is that I um, just wanted everyone to be aware as we're heading into um, quote-unquote budget season is that um, due to um, a budget deficit outlook that is worsened for the city um, that the mayor's um, office has asked all departments for an additional five percent reduction in each fiscal year so we were already asked for um, the upcoming two fiscal years for a 5% and then an 8% reduction. And we've been asked for a 5% on top of that in each year. So just so you're aware of the the outlook and um, budget situation that we're in right now. Um, but next, to happier um, thoughts, um, the city launched a program called Vacant to Vibrant, which you might have read about in the news, uh, an effort to um, activate empty commercial storefronts in the downtown areas uh, because they have been um, just the return to the downtown and foot traffic and um, office workers has just been much lower than uh, we had hoped post-pandemic, if we can call it post-pandemic. Um, so some of the incentives for um, this program include grants for entrepreneurs, and artists, as well as property owners, and um, up to three months of free rent and permitting and marketing support Um, currently applications are being accepted through um, june 1st 2023 so i'd love to ask the commissioners to spread the word to anyone you know who might be interested in um, trying out a business concept downtown where they might not have envisioned themselves previously but maybe this is a great opportunity with this incentive program uh, to try out something, they're either a new business or to expand um, in the downtown areas. So um, so that's vacant to vibrant. Um, I was gonna talk about the job fair that we partnered with um, OEWD's workforce division on um, on April 12th, but um, I think our presentation earlier covered that. Um, also wanted to update everyone um, that on April 18th, um, the mayor and uh, Mayor Breed and Supervisor Peskin introduced um, an ordinance to create an awning amnesty program. Uh, this is a situation you also might've read about in the news where uh, there were approximately 200 complaints lodged against businesses for awnings having been installed without permits. So we have worked uh, together with uh, department building inspection and planning department um, in particular, to develop a, a program and an easier pathway for businesses to comply um, and to get a permit on file, um, so with a streamlined process, as well as it'll it'll be more efficient and also save people money. So um, while not um, not neglecting, you know, the requirement to adhere to building codes for safety purposes. So. Um, so applications um, under this amnesty program need to be submitted to the city by December 31st. Um, and that way fee waivers for inspections and permits um, and this new process um, will apply if you submit your application before then. But we um, always encourage people to try to submit an application during the month of May. Every May is when your are awning um, permit inspection fees are waived in the city under a special program. Again, every May small business month. Um, and this program applies to all existing awning owners. So if you have an existing awning, you don't think you have a permit on file, or you do not if you don't know if you do, you can always contact our office and we can help you look that up. Um, or if you have a complaint lodged against your business, or you have a notice of violation, um, any one of those, as long as you have an existing awning, you can participate in this program. And then lastly, uh, we're continuing to do uh, merchant walks in the community, which are so uh, rewarding and just really love meeting all the business owners and asking them directly, you know, what do they need support on? And um, it's it's been so helpful for our office to gather information about how else we can be more um, helpful to them. So uh, we, since our last meeting, we've gone out to Noriega Street, Lower Haight, Balboa Street. Um, and then this week we will be out um, in dog patch and also in the richmond to talk about awnings so um those are my updates for for today um commissioners any
1: questions commissioner ortiz Cartagna.
4: yeah two things one comment whoever was putting the dime on our small business about the awning i'm just whoever did that come on be kind to your local small business you don't have nothing better to do so that's I just had to get that off, that that upset me. And then, two, um, thank you, um, commi- um, director. Like, you going out to the neighborhoods, that's been just so, so welcomed. Truly, I always get feedback, even if it's not my neighborhood. So thank you for that.
6: Vice President Souness. Uh, thank you, director, and to the office for all that good stuff. Um, I had a question, I remember in the past that there was also sidewalk display permits or something that had to do with Small Business Week because we put like sandwich board signs or do activations. Is that still around?
13: Um, so I believe so. There used to be um, legislation that was passed every year um, to waive the permit fees for if you wanted to, yeah, put your goods um, out on the sidewalk um, during a particular week um, or maybe two weekends. Um, it's changed over time. I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Carrie. There was legislation to make that true every year. And so it wouldn't have to come back before the board. I can't remember now. <laughs> I think it was around the holidays. Oh, that was around the, the holidays. Focus, yeah. I think
0: there were few, we saw fewer and fewer sidewalk sales during Small Business Week, and the focus has now become around the holidays, letting sidewalk sales um, happen more easily. And I'm not sure if that every year it's covered, but that's uh, I think in the works.
13: Yeah, we we I mean even as of a couple of years ago um, when I was working on the permit fee waivers for the sidewalk sales, we, like Carrie said, we've noticed um, really decline in that. I think generally during Small Business Week we want to try to encourage as much different types of activities and people just haven't quite um, chosen the sidewalk sale as a route. Um, so instead we're trying to promote through the Shop 9 SF campaign. Um, just you know these activations these events that are happening um, where it might uh, incentivize you or motivate you to go to a commercial corridor and then you end up you know shopping and dining there instead okay thank you Commissioner Herbert uh,
3: I was just wondering about the five percent reduction in the budget so what kind of numbers are we looking at I just out of curiosity. Um,
13: Oh, for each, um, department, it will be different. Um, okay. and fortunately for our office of small business, uh, we will not be, um, making any cuts to like positions or programs. Um, we do have some fund balance that carried over from, um, a program. So we're able to, um, apply that towards the reduction target. Um, now we, our budget is also within OEWD. Um, and so, Unfortunately, they are gonna have to put some cuts on the table to programs that are very important to all of us um, and the whole entire small business community and we're just hoping that maybe during the budget negotiations, we can get those cuts reduced um, or more funding back for them. Uh, But we can certainly, you know, when it comes closer to the budget um, hearings at the Board of Supervisors have um, a more updated budget presentation, um, not only from OSB, but also from just OEWD in general. Thanks.
9: Mr. Dickerson. In regards to the, thanks. In regards to the budget, I was curious as well. It, it does, I mean, do we understand why does it have anything to do with the fact that we're coming out of COVID now and that money was allotted for the support through the pandemic? And now we're coming out of that and now I mean is is that their relationship with that?
13: There there are multiple um, factors for the the budget outlook being the way it is. Um you know a couple I mean certainly the pandemic um has some effect on on things in general. Um I think you mentioned the federal support right for um COVID relief. Um, So yes, that has gone away. Um, That was um, a time limited um, support that was provided to the city. And that's why in the last like two years, we didn't actually have to face um, these level of uh, budget reduction targets. Um, It's also, um, you know, projections in terms of um, some of the investments the city have made, Um, you know, just like everyone else who's made investments. um, um, There are some market forces there. you know property transfers or property um, sales um, you know while they're still occurring are kind of at a, a level you know uh, what is that like even level versus increasing so there are there are a variety of factors and not just one thing um, that's contributing to um, the fact that we have to make additional reductions.
9: I have to say that's important to me, especially when we talk about budgeting because it's one thing to say, okay, we have this cut. I want to know why (laughs) just so that there's a there's clarity as to it's not just one you know thing but I I I could just imagine I mean my hat goes off to any uh, everyone that has to deal with finances right now in the city I know that it's challenging and so um, I think it's just very helpful to know the reasons why
13: yes and certainly despite that we are still advocating for certain things right like uh, permit fee waivers right and but just know that there is also that trade off when we do advocate for those things and and we are as as an office so um, you know has nothing to do with today's agenda item but um, that means that there is less funding than going into the city right for staff who might be working on these programs etc so there are many of these types of programs where you know we want to ask for these um, discounts or waivers, um, but they, they come with um, you know um, per, perhaps reductions in some types of resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, Commissioner Herbert, did you? Oh, oh no.
1: Okay, Commissioner Ortiz-Cartagena.
4: I I just want to like mm-hmm. state for the record like and I've been through budget process through an advocate from community, but. LIKE FOR US WE'RE PROBABLY THE ONLY DEPARTMENT THAT PROBABLY GENERATES REVENUE IN THE SENSE WE SUPPORT THE SMALL BUSINESS SO ANY SUPPORT TO ADVOCATE WE SHOULDN'T BE CUT. I KNOW EVERYBODY ELSE SAYS THAT BUT WE GENERATE REVENUE FOR THE CITY THROUGH OUR SMALL BUSINESS SUPPORT SO THAT'S WHERE I WOULD STAND ON THAT AND ANY SUPPORT I COULD DO IN ANYTHING LIKE CUT cut D.P.W. <laughs>
7: hmm. <laughs>
1: Um, I just had a quick question. I was wondering the awning, um, the awning waivers and the awning um, legislation, does that apply to signs as well, like blade signs and things, or is it just
13: um, awnings? Yes, yeah, so right now, if you have an existing sign or awning, then it will apply to, to you. Um, for planning department, they're doing a five-year look back, so you need to be able to prove or demonstrate via Google Maps or whatever it, documentation you have that you had an awning for at least five years. Okay, so signs would be included in that. Okay. Yes. No, like
1: the protruding ones. Mm-hmm. So all those people who have signs should look on um, planning to see if they have like a permit on file. That's right. And then if they do not have a, if they don't find a permit on file, they should go ahead and get a permit. We would encourage
13: them to, yes. You can look up on the San Francisco Planning Information Map, um, SF-PIM for short. Uh, again, if that's uh, confusing for you, just contact our office, and we are happy to help people look that up and see if there's a permit on file. And, um, you know, chances are usually the notices, the violation or complaints will go towards the the property owner. It's sent there. Um, so businesses may or may not be aware of it until maybe later on that there was a complaint or nov so it's it is good to check um in the system
1: okay so just to reiterate to all businesses (laughs) right now that they should look to see if there is an existing permit that is uh on file for their sign awning whatever it is that's producing sf pim Mm -hmm. okay great i think we should
6: good heads up. I didn't realize signs
1: were included. Yeah. We should just look <laughs> like everybody look it up. Um, that's crazy. And you know, talking about budget cuts and and things, I agree we are a gen- we are very good at um, at being a self-sustaining kind of ecosystem or community. And I think one of the things that we can also advocate for is that you know the budget cuts and things given our current economic environment seem to be an inevitable kind of like thing on the horizon. Right. And I mean, that really means that I think together we have to come together as communities to be able to do the work that Mm -hmm. we rely on other people to do right now. So, I mean, I guess, you know, my opportunity right now seated on this commission is to encourage our community members to all come together and really think about how they can solve for some of these issues that arise within our neighborhood. Sometimes, like, it gets windy in San Francisco, and trash blows around the city. You know, we don't need to pick up every piece of trash, but can we come together and do that together? And sometimes community members need help with after-school tutoring, or you know, help with kids making sure that they have breakfast in the morning, and all these kind of things. Like, can we just, like, reach out and try to, try to like, make sure that the people within our neighborhood are cared for and i think that's the opportunity that the budget cuts perhaps could be remedied for i think we can advocate hard and long for um for them to not exist but i think the ways to mitigate um less money and less resources is for us to do the work so that would be my my two cents <laughs> but I mean, I know I know everyone here is, you know, doing so much, so I do appreciate all of you. I don't know I can only <laughs> So okay, any other commissioner comments on director's report? No. Any public comment?
0: There are no public commenters.
1: Okay. Great. Um, hearing no callers, no public comment, public comment is closed. Um, next item, please.
0: Item eight, Commissioner Discussion and New Business. This is a discussion item.
1: Um, commissioners, Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena.
4: I wanna announce um, the Small Business Committee for the Latino Task Force is throwing an event for Small Business Week on May 9th at 2601 Mission. That's Tuesday from 4 to 9. WE'RE GOING TO HAVE WORKSHOPS, FOOD, MUSIC, DRINKS. SO um, PLEASE, EVERYBODY'S WELCOME, ATTEND. IT'S GOING TO BE FUN. IT'S AT THE OLD um, BAYVIEW BANK BUILDING. SO SF SAFE IS HOSTING, LETTING US USE THEIR SPACE. SO IT'S GOING TO BE REALLY, REALLY FUN. ALL THE ORGANIZATIONS, CBOs THAT DO BUSINESS TECHNICAL ASSISTANCE WILL BE THERE. SO YOU ALL INVITED, COME OVER, HAVE A DRINK WITH ME. IT'S um, MAY 9th, TUESDAY, FROM 4 TO nine, twenty six oh one 2601 MISSION. Um, I SENT DIRECTOR TANG uh, THE FLYER SO SHE COULD SHARE IT.
1: THAT'S PERFECT. YOU CAN GO AFTER THIS POP-UP DIRECTLY Mm -hmm. TO YOUR EVENT. WE (laughs) PLANNED IT. WE PLANNED IT LIKE THAT.
4: IT'S ALL MASTERMINDED.
1: GREAT. Um, COMMISSIONER CARTER. Um, YES.
5: I WANT TO ALSO ANNOUNCE um, THAT um, Bayview, we're gonna host a small business um event on May twelfth. And I'll I'll send follow up information. We're actually working on that now, but you could put save the date for that. Um, May twelfth, um, somewhere in Bayview. But <laughs> we're working on that. <laughs> we'll
1: just drive around Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
5: Yeah, and it also any support with that from OEWD. I mean, like I used to host these events a while back. Um just with Larry and Camila, and so um, we're kind of gonna bring it back for Small Business Week, and we'll love the support um, of of OEW. I mean, well, they are OEWD, but um, anyone um, will Kletcha wanna come through? Yeah, that would be dope. We're looking for y'all.
1: <laughs> oh, let's see Commissioner Dickerson. <laughs> um, um
9: first i would like to say I would love to support you, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll you. so please let me I, I would love to be a part yeah. honestly um cool, cool. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh first I, I want to uh make i I love this hip fit boot camp on Saturdays you all it has been absolutely amazing i don 't know if you're following us on social media yeah, yeah, man. That's okay.
5: <laughs>
9: <laughs> it has There's been, is, yeah. It has been a lot of fun. I mean, for first of all, it's free. That's one of the things I love making the announcement of. Number two, I love that we are running out of equipment, which is great. But that doesn't mean you don't come. Come anyway. Come early. Um, but it has been an amazing. So, you three, fit and Rafiki, has combined together, and what I, this Saturday is. You get your HipFit boot camp, so you get about 45 minutes of real, like a real workout. Um, and then the next one is yoga and stretching with uh, Nicole Yarborough, which she is amazing. Um, and then we have life coaching. So if there's something that you want to talk about, whether it be about nutrition or, you know, how do, how do I uh, be better a better parent? Or I mean, we have all types of subjects, but it's uh, continuing to create that community that Bayview um, most of the people are from the baby but it's just been absolutely amazing so Saturday starting at 8 30 you can stay 8 30 to 11:30, 30 or just come for one or the other either way it's on the website either you three fit or Rafiki second thing um two out of three uh second thing is I I, I got I won at first I wasn't going to share it, but I'm going to share it I was so Oh my God, I had one of my clients call me. She's a director, I'm gonna mess up her title. She's over at UCSF and she's the director, Barbara Ciccarelli, over um, the cancer. Um, uh, She's the, she directs the, is it oncology I believe? They needed someone to do, (laughs) they needed someone to do uh, some uh, movement for their cancer survivor patients. And she said, LaWanda, would you be interested in that? And I thought, why not? Sure. Well, I didn't know they were like Cantonese. I, <laughs> yeah. So I thought, why not? Right. So next thing you know, I didn't know um, all of the details just because I was too busy, but I had prepared this, you know, this whole class and I get online on the Zoom and there's about 20, 30 Cantonese, beautiful, just these people that have survived cancer and they were so anxious and ready to move. Right. So I'm starting to teach the class and they were so interested in building their glutes. It was really cute.
14: <laughs>
9: but as I'm doing these exercises, they would like, they were like, no, we don't like that one. So I had a full interpreter. And They were like, Oh, but we like this one. And they were telling me what exercises they liked and didn't like. And I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. Right. Because they got my, they got my comedic side. I don't know how they got it in translation, but they started laughing at all the points. Anyway, the beautiful part about it was uh, when I was done, the, the director called back and said, LaWanda, oh, my God, it was unanimous. They want to know, could, you know, your class, can it be translated into Cantonese and Philippine Filipino and Spanish? And I'm like, wait a minute. How did all that do? So anyway, I think the point of that is this was beyond me. It was I'm really big on collaboration and community and if I mean just the fact that they were so embracing and they were like no 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 we want you I'm like there's so many other people out here <laughs> and the other thing was is I asked them to turn on their music while we were doing the the class and that was really cool and so as we're doing these moves hey <laughs> it was just cute anyway I just thought I'd share that because I was very uh I was it was very I was very humbled and very, uh, it, it just warmed my heart at the fact that this Cantonese community wanted this sister over here to teach them health. and You know, I, I thought that that's just unity at its finest. So I, it just touched my heart and I wanted to, I just wanted to share that. And then the last thing I'm going to share is I was leaving, I was uh, at work and I got a text from one of our neighborhood merchants, um, actually Kristen from Tato's. She said, LaWanda, oh, my God, Tanay, if anybody know Bayview, you know Tanay, on the corner of 3rd and Newcomb? I know Tanae, but I don't know that's it. It, It's the Tanay you thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's only one. Yeah, she's, I don't want to come across offensive, but we call her our friendly neighborhood, you know, drug addict. Oh. But we love Tanay. We all know Tanay. Everybody knows Tanay. Well, Tanay was very inspired. She Somehow, some way, either someone bought it for her, or we don't know. Had a U three fit outfit on, and people were going around taking pictures of her. And she wanted to be a part of. Okay, I'm not gonna cry. She wanted to help market. See that kind. See that kind of stuff because we heat up her food, we give her water, we we do everything that we can on our block to help people as much as we can but it's something about when they she wanted to wear this shirt and she want and they went out and wanted to take pictures of her and she was so proud to say she wanted to market for u three fit anyway I just thought it, it never goes whenever you're doing something kind to someone it never goes unnoticed and we can't get so busy that we can't take time to just say, How you doing? Can I offer you some water, even in the littlest things? So anyway, I thought that was a big uh that was a big deal to me. I thought I'd share that with you. That's awesome. Anyway, hmm uh, <laughs> <laughs> Right right
6: up. Straight up, yeah.
9: That's crazy,
1: but yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I just want to say one thing. Yes. Um,
5: just as Will said, that's Frisco. Like I just went to DC, and like as a as a black woman, we always get this like, where are the black people? And I used to come to San Francisco, I worked there, and blah blah blah. And so we started having this conversation about San Francisco, and like I would love to have more campaigns, maybe not small business, but like um, I think it's interesting that San Francisco, when you think about it, is not a race; it's a culture. And that's, that's mm-hmm. what, that's what your story remind me of. Like, it's just, it's a culture. Like, so you wouldn't necessarily come here looking for black. You come in here to experience that, that type of culture. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. We got us. <laughs> in
5: the craziest way, but I
1: love it. <laughs> I know. I was looking on uh, my Instagram and I think most recently I didn't, I didn't get to go, but they had the Muni made like art exhibit, I think. Oh, you know I was like, oh, my God, I miss that. So that, and then, you know, it's like the, the hyphae kind of, like, concerts and music and that stuff. and, and the Hippie Hill. They did a buggy thing down in Cricket Club, mm. even though we had two Cricket streets.
5: It was like a patrol. Yeah. That was in McLaren. Oh,
6: yeah. yeah.
7: So. But I'm
5: like, that's just so San Francisco. It's like <laughs>
1: a I know I think oh, we just <laughs> <laughs> we are an amazing city, so and you know also the office of small business that's something that I know you've said this before, but like I don't know i and maybe I've said this in in meetings already, but I always kind of, like, try to do some landscape analysis to kind of see, like, what are other people talking about, like, in their cities when it comes to whatever issue it is that we deal with here? Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, oh, somebody else must have the solution. And inevitably, my surging always leads us back to San Francisco being kind of like the the example, the gold standard. Mm-hmm. And so as much as we talk about, like, wanting improvements, wanting things, and San Francisco being, you know, whatever it is in, in people's minds, we have so many things here that are so unique, especially the Office of Small Business. So, I mean, that the fact that we even have this office, the fact that you're the director of this office, and that you're the secretary policy analyst for our... Um, Office that we even have these resources is really amazing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think San Francisco, you know, best place. Mm -hmm. Definitely is.
5: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Thanks. Thanks.
9: It's so funny you say that because I I, I spent so many years. uh, Anyway. I can. I talk to people all the time and they say, LaWanda, oh my goodness, how do you, do? I said, you should go to your small business, you should go to your small small business commission board and they were like, my, "Our what? <laughs> Every time I talk to someone about everything that we have going on here in the city, they look at me like, LaWanda, we don't have that. We have never even heard of that. I said, well, why don't you call up, you know, the, the small bit, the O-E-W-D, the what? <laughs> and so it's realizing that, it, and, and I realized for uh, um, recently is, well, I wouldn't say recently, but there, there is somewhat of a bubble that we live in in the sense of, you know, San Francisco is so unique. I mean, first of all, being a sanctuary city. Second of all, having the, I think it's the diversity that's created this, um, what it is and everything about it. And, but more importantly, it's, and I can't stress it enough, having the spirit of gratitude with who we are and what we are and what we have will help us continue to grow in the direction we need to grow as a city. Um, We're ever evolving. We never stop learning. We never stop developing. But we also cannot take for granted the opportunities that we have here because it is so unique, not just to California, but to the world. I talk to a lot of people from different places, and this this is like unheard of in many places. So, you know, we, although we have all these opportunities, Let's just not take it for granted, and just f- and feel the 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 gratitude of what has happened with this present, all of those that were the forerunners of it, and those that are present and moving forward. So, just grateful.
5: Thank you. Well, this yeah, was real mushy.
1: I I'm know. This is I, I got to pull us out of this. <laughs> I got I to get us all back together.
7: I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, let's see. Any public comment?
0: Uh, no public comment.
1: Nobody wants to add to our mushy feel-good session. <laughs> public comment is closed. Next item, please.
0: Uh, Item 9, adjournment. SFGovTV, please show the Office of Small Business slide.
1: We will end with a reminder that the Small Business Commission official public forum is your official public forum to voice your opinions and concerns about policies that affect the economic vitality of small businesses in San Francisco. If you need assistance with small business matters, continue to reach out to the Office of Small Business. Meeting is adjourned. (laughs)
7: <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Thank you.